passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Breaking News edition of Pollock and Thurston. I am John Pollock alongside Brandon Thurston coming at you twice in two days because we have a breaking news from the world of Fox, Rupert Murdoch, the Rupert yes. Murdoch era coming to an end. And so we are going to dissect it from all angles. Uh, Michael Wolf of a famed uh, reporter has a big book on Fox coming out next week. I mean, mm. what, what, what great timing uh, for, for this news. But 92 man. years old. It was a great run for Rupert. It, it was, yes. And and with Rupert Murdoch uh, leaving Fox and said, you know what? Rupert era is over. So is our era of pro wrestling. We tried right. this thing for, for five years. It, it, it's done. So quite the day for Fox as we got, I would say, a, a fairly surprising uh, news item. Uh, first reported, I believe, by John Oran, but then officially coming out through a TKO and uh, various other outlets that WWE SmackDown will be returning to the USA Network in a five-year deal that will uh, begin uh, next year when the current deal with Fox expires and will also include four primetime specials on NBC. And we can go through all of the details, but I would say let's start just at the idea that SmackDown moving to USA Network was not one of the options that seemed to be floated out there. We were hearing Amazon. We were hearing Disney. Uh, yeah. Would Fox make uh, some last-ditch uh, pitch? But WWE was coming at it from the side that we know what the market expectations were, and it would seem, based on you know the, the reported figures, uh, Wall Street has not reacted well to this news. And, and this is just the slice of the pie that is SmackDown. We do not have deals for Raw and NXT to report. Right. I, I guess it doesn't bode well for the rest of the deal. Um, it looks like Raw is going to the open market. There's a bit of, I would say, contradicting reporting uh, happening here. The, the Hollywood Reporter making it sound like it's unlikely that Raw stays on the USA Network, where it's been for most of its history. Um, and then there's John O'Ran saying that NBCU is still the front runner for Raw. Um, so I, I would lean slightly towards... Raw not staying with NBCU. Um, the press release says that, you know, those makes it pretty clear that those deals for Raw and actually for NXT are both set to expire October 2024, which the NXT piece, just minor, but the NXT piece is new to me because last I knew on the record, NXT was set to expire the end of this month in, in, in like eight days from now. Um, did did but, we get a quiet coterminous extension for NXT, Brandon? I, I think those deals for NXT and, and Raw may now be coterminous um, with everything. All, all three shows set to expire October 2024. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's only a 1.4x increase uh, NBCU 
or I'm sorry, uh, CNBC, which is a, an arm of NBCU, is reporting that the average annual value for this deal for SmackDown is $287,000. $287,000. And how does that compare to their current deal? That's their current deal for SmackDown on Fox is for two hundred and five dollars, uh, two hundred five million dollars, two hundred eighty-seven million dollars. He's two hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars, which I think the Excuse stock me. would be in free Thank fall you. if they were renewing for a six-figure deal. Thank you. And so it's a is it that's exactly a one point four x increase. So I, I I don't know if they're just multiplying one point four times two hundred five million and just getting that two hundred eighty-seven thousand two hundred eighty-seven million dollar number there. But um, yeah, it's. So raw is at 265 million. Um, I would, you know, I guess that's the baseline for expectation of, of whatever raw gets. And it just leaves a lot of questions about where, who are the other potential bidders here? And, uh, John O'Ran has said, you know, just things we've heard already, uh, Disney and Amazon. Um, I have a lot of questions about whether Disney is really going to be a player here because what's the network that Disney would put it on? It's not ESPN. Um, it's probably FX, but. If ABC is really looking to offload a lot of their networks, which is it's reported that they're considering selling the, a lot of those assets to Nexstar, which is a company that owns a lot of local affiliates. If that's the case, why, if you're Disney, why would you get one of your networks involved in a multi-year billion dollar commitment if you're trying to offload those onto somebody who might have a different strategy? There's also like the Disney option was the one that we had floated for SmackDown. But when Raw is being, if you are to extrapolate and view Raw going to Disney, why would Disney be programming against Monday Night Football on FX? I mean, to me, like that would be somewhat counterproductive that we're going to program Monday night and throw all these millions when it will be going against our ABC programming against our ESPN programming, both of which might be populated by, by football uh, beyond this season. If this is a really successful experiment and moving raw to another night would then be suggested, which I mean, I don't know the Disney one to me seems a more difficult uh, fit for, for Disney. And then we, we look into like, what are the other players here? And is NBC Universal like how much are they committed here? Because this is a a very small increase over what they have been the average annual value for Raw, but it is for one in theory one less hour uh, that SmackDown is, which is another option to this. Like they are not even they are confirming this will be Friday nights, but are they? They have. I mean, in all of the, like Nick Khan has stated Friday nights, and it sounds like they are staying on Friday nights. We assume it's a two hour format, but they do not have the same restrictions as they did on Fox. If they were to entertain a third hour, whether it is with this deal or down the road, like it was, it was not WWE that came to USA asking for a third hour. It was vice versa. And you would certainly think that that's had to have been somewhat discussed. Yeah. So you're saying Nikon has said this. I haven't seen this. He said something publicly already about this. Let's get the press release uh, up here. For oh, you're talking about the, uh, the the quote in the press release. Okay. This was the quote okay. in the press release and specifically noting Friday nights. Okay. Uh, 
Francis Berwick from the USA Network. And NBC Universal has been a tremendous partner for WWE for decades, Nikon said. We are excited to extend this longstanding relationship by bringing SmackDown to USA Network on Friday nights and look forward to debuting multiple WWE special events annually on NBC, which is something we haven't mentioned yet. Four times a year, they're going to get a special on the NBC broadcast network. Which was the same deal, well, like, when they returned to USA in 2005, this was after the uh, the five years on Spike, they returned to the USA Network. And part of that deal was because they were left out in the cold, they made this deal with USA, gave up their stake in the ad share, but it also did come with these four NBC specials, and they revived Saturday night's main event. And these did not do all that well no. on Saturday nights, and they quickly moved them. They're like these committed lie, uh, NBC specials became the tribute to the troops and, uh, you know, Battle of the Belt very much, right? Yeah. I mean, this was granted 15 years ago, but yeah. Th- these were I, not I very wonder if they are going to be separate telecasts on a separate night, or if we're just talking about something that Nikon has talked about in, on TMT conferences is that it could be a simulcast. He clearly wanted some sort of simulcast like we've seen in, in other sports. I know everybody's familiar with, with what happens with Monday Night Football, but it has happened in, in other sports and other kinds of live telecasts as well. So so maybe that's a, a simulcast on USA Network and NBC, or maybe it is something different, but it's it's not clear from the press release or the information we have now. Yeah, so that is uh, that is the, uh, the, the add-on to this deal. And yeah, it, it was certainly... Um, more, more of a left field move for uh, SmackDown uh, moving over here. But uh, yeah, we had the the rumored amount here from uh, uh, Joe Flint had reported this from, from the Wall Street Journal, uh, CNBC a- as well. And I guess it now it's also as though Raw and NXT, it's not even imminent. Like they're stating like, like it could be a while before we get a, a, a announcement here. And it's hard to state like, are they in a really advantageous position for Raw, or is this something where they are uh, trying to attract uh, suitors? Like, how, how would you assess this? Just as, like the first major deal that TKO has announced since the completion of, of this merger. I would, I would not call this a home run. No, it's. I mean, the, the stock is reacting very negatively to it um, as we're sitting here. It's down to eighty five dollars, which is down. It was a hundred dollars this morning. It's down fifteen dollars and down fifteen percent. So it's the the. It's the investment community digesting that this does not look good, either for what they assumed the SmackDown deal itself would get or for the outlook of, of what Raw is going to get. Um, it does raise the question, if NBCU is going to get, to get Raw as well, in addition to SmackDown, why didn't they just buy WWE when it was for sale? Um, maybe Vince McMahon has something to do with that. Uh, maybe owning a, a pro wrestling company is just not something that Brian Roberts, the CEO of Comcast, wants to do. Um but maybe oh, is, is Vince getting his? Uh, they plateaued. They plateaued. Yeah. <laughs> I give up the company, my majority uh, uh, control, and look, look what happens. Yeah, maybe it's it's the lack of, of Vince being so involved that that has led to a disappointing deal here. Um, but maybe that you know, for, as far as the raw deal getting done, maybe it, this won't get done until an NBA deal is done, um, because NBC probably wants. NBA rights probably will get them. According to Nick, he's hearing rumblings. Uh, when he was appearing on the Bill Simmons podcast, he said he heard rumblings that there were uh, discussions about having uh, WBD split one of their nights of NBA games off with NBC. Maybe that ends up on the UC network. So that's a Tuesday or Thursday and WBD continuing to produce those games. Um, 
so anyway, the, the NBA games, the regular season and, and all, all those rights are up for renewal being renegotiated now. And maybe that big deal, which is a much, much bigger deal than WWE has to get done before the, the budgets and the schedules are set in place. And we see where, where WWE goes, which will be a lower priority than the NBA for ratings reasons, obviously. If we go with the idea that raw to a lesser extent, NXT not as important because it could go wherever, but raw, let's say NBC universal cannot come up with the, uh, the amount to keep raw. And you look at the possible destinations for raw. Does that heighten your expectation that raw could move off of Monday nights? Like Amazon, for instance, like here you are, you're in business. You've got the Thursday night package. We're going to Amazon. It would take a, I think a significant more to bring a raw to an Amazon. And are we going to invest all of this to put on Monday nights where for uh, X amount of weeks a year, we're putting it up against the juggernaut that is the NFL. And that brings up the question like raw moving to another night. And you've, I'm somewhat surprised they are so adamant on SmackDown being on Friday nights in, in all of this. I suppose that could change just because it's, the yeah. constant Friday right. press release right. line that that I don't, I don't see why that wouldn't be flexible, um, but it, yeah, if if you're Amazon Prime Video and you know something that Rich Greenfield's alleged analyst has talked about is about Amazon wanting to carve out these these nights of the week with highly viewed programming, including now they have Thursday night football, um, and maybe there's other nights. Maybe they're interested in some of the NBA uh, content on on one of those nights, but yeah, it doesn't if you're if you're scheduling that. Um, it's not wrestling. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is wrestling that you want to put on put on Monday. It's year round. Um, it's not like there's other sports that you're going to get that are going to do, you know, that aren't going to be hurt as well. Um, but if you have the other nights available, it might be better to put it on. <laughs> to put, I don't know. What, what are the other nights that you can think of? Well, Tuesday and Thursday might be dominated by NBA playoffs. Mondays dominated by Monday. How, how are football. Wednesdays at eight? Wednesdays at eight sounds sounds pretty good. I think. You know, I don't know what else is airing on Wednesday at eight that that might compete with and, and take away from Raw, but uh, maybe Wednesday at eight. But I suppose Thursday is the other obvious option. Although, do you want to do two consecutive nights? Well, they did Monday and Tuesday in you know 2016. Um, I, I throw it out there because I don't think it's a zero percent chance Raw doesn't move to a different night, especially if it if it leaves NBC Universal. And if it were to move that. If I'm USA, I'm moving SmackDown to Monday nights. I'm putting it in the traditional time slot. Like, what what would be preventing you from doing that? Like, Why is Friday it called SmackDown not... then? Just call it Raw. <laughs> Raw down. <laughs> like, at that point, like, it's almost just musical chairs at that point. And if you're USA, it's like, what is the more traditional night? Uh, is it Friday or Monday? Um, and, and take your pick. I think Monday's... Uh, you know, they just they have the, the history on that network of Monday night. I would see NBC Universal being the most uh, loyal to Monday nights being wrestling night as opposed to these other suitors that just would look at this and state, why do we want to combat the, the biggest programming that is out there for half the year? Right. And just thinking about the suitors, you know, Disney, I've got some skepticism because Disney, I'm not sure, is going to keep all of their networks except for ESPN for the foreseeable future within the next few years. Um, Amazon, where we're talking about, but is Fox? I don't think it's. It, it doesn't feel right that that Fox is going to get Raw now instead of SmackDown. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you jump from one property to the other. Although maybe that's what NBCU is going to do here. Um, but I, I'm I'm leaning towards Fox is done with WWE after October 2024. 
what's going to occupy uh, Friday nights. Like Young Rock is gone. WWE's gone. Uh, College football, probably at least uh, Q4. Th- they'll be okay then well, w- with that uh, on-, on top of it. But they probably um, program more baseball in that slot too, I would think. So it's an NXT. So we probably have had some kind of quiet renewal for a year. And do you expect like this is going to be the two will be a package deal wherever this goes? It's like Raw is what's going to complete this deal, but it's with the impression that NXT comes with it. I, I don't see NXT on its own being shopped around or going to its own home no. somewhere. It's something that could end up on streaming. I think we've speculated about that since the beginning of this cycle. Um, it makes some sense maybe to have it on Peacock. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the USA Network if it's if that's something that a partner wants uh, out of it. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, the SmackDown ratings have been really improving lately with the addition of main roster talent. Um, and it really sustained. I mean, we didn't talk about it yesterday because the rating had just come out, but it really sustained that, at least from in week two with Becky Lynch. It, it sustained most of that huge increase that I got. Um, so it's it's seeming to be a more powerful show than, than before. Maybe they can sustain that. My, my confidence in that was not great, but it's enhanced a little bit in the last several weeks or months uh, because the ratings do continue to to be pretty strong relative to what they were they were before. But I don't see this going to a different partner or anything like that. Um, yeah, I, th- I see it being a supplemental piece of content that that helps uh, with with the partner who ends up paying a lot of money for Raw. We'll get to a few super chats. If you want to send them in, you're welcome to. Uh, we've already got a few uh, already in the bank here. But when you're looking at it from the WWE side, like here you have the balance of what Wall Street is is expecting for SmackDown and you're balancing this with how much reach you can have at the same time. Like you would think that if talks were deep with with Amazon and you know, are are you looking at this that you're going for the pure value that is out there, the highest bidder wins? Like how are you balancing a a streaming option versus let's say network is not in the question anymore with Fox gone and cable, which certainly has the, the, it's a shaky ground of like where is cable going to be uh 5 years from now? Um like, how are you balancing this? And do you feel this was a compromise worth making if if we're theorizing that Amazon might have had a richer offer, but not enough to make the leap now? Right. Or even for Amazon, why would you bid that strongly, I guess, for, for this property? Fox is not Fox is not a bit, a bit aggressively for this, reportedly. And that aligns with everything else that's happened here. Um, maybe they were willing to give them a small increase, right? But certainly not even 1.4. So... But if you're, if you're Amazon, it's not like Amazon has fulfilled, or Apple for that matter, have fulfilled the prophecy of the tech players are coming and they're going to keep sports rights sustained and, and super strong and super competitive. That's not really happened. You know, at least in the US, what does Amazon have? They have the NFL. Um, Apple has some baseball. Apple has some MLS. They haven't come out here and really run up the price for this content, um, despite them having huge pockets. They're the richest companies in the world. They can certainly afford this, but they're being patient and not investing swiftly in, into live sports. Um, so, but, but as far as reach, right, USA is probably in a little over 70 million homes. Amazon Prime Video, is pro- is, there's probably more households, I venture to guess, there's more households in this country with Prime, with Amazon Prime memberships 
than there are homes that have access to the USA network. That being said, Amazon Prime Video is a small sliver of of the Nielsen Gauge donut chart that they put out. Uh, they just put one out yesterday, I think. So you can, you can look at it. It's, it's a few percent. It's not even as as watched as Netflix is or as Hulu is. So in that sense, I'd rather have, if I'm WWE, I'd rather have one of my shows on Hulu if it's going to going to stream live on Hulu or even Netflix than Amazon. Um, as far as reach, if we're just talking about reach um, because if, you know, if, if raw goes to Amazon prime video, it's going to get, I don't know, like half the viewership that it's getting now. And that's going to have some effect on your other businesses and, and on your uh, ticket sales and on your merchandise sales and, and on, you know, your, the flywheel of getting everybody to consume all the W content that you want them to consume. Um, but maybe there's also a, an, an element there's money there's reach and maybe there's a strategic element too of putting raw on amazon in that if you have a relationship with amazon then you can make them a bidder for the peacock content that you have there and maybe make that bidding process more competitive when those rights are up um but yes i think if you're wwe the prospect of moving raw to amazon prime has to come with more money than a cable player if all, all things are equal, right? Because you're losing some reach and you're losing some value there. You're losing the ability to to be in touch with viewers to the degree that you are with cable, even though cable is in the decline. You know, th- those those uh, those respective abilities to reach viewers, they're they're getting closer and closer over time. They will continue to. But for now, cable is still able to reach viewers more so than a major streaming service like Prime Video is. Let's go here to a question from JB, who sends in a super chat. Do you think it's likely that SmackDown becomes a three-hour show on the USA Network? Could be. Could be. Finally, we'll get it. I I don't disqualify this in the least. I mean, if if they were to announce, like, they have not stated, like, this is a two-hour format, I I could certainly see... um, I guess you, you would you would only look at the fact that if they were adding another hour, that would add a bit of leverage to WWE side to jack up the the price. That this would not this two hundred eighty seven million dollar average annual value. It would me to me like that would be not encompassing a third hour of of value. I think that would be really undercutting themselves to add a third hour at at that small of an increase. Yeah. Raw is is getting 265. SmackDown's currently getting 205. Raw is getting more, but it's getting less per hour than SmackDown is. Um, I would th- I would think if they were going to do a third hour of SmackDown, that would be made clear if that if that was part of a deal already. But maybe that's something they can they can make happen closer to the time that this deal goes into effect, or even while it's while it's in effect. Right? I think they were in the middle of the deal when they started the three hour Raw in 2012. Right. And what what is the state of the the next day rights? Like when like those are up at the same time next year as well? And that I think that was extended to this time of the year. I would have to look. I would I wouldn't be surprised if that's been made coterminous as well with with these. I thought that was the case. Rates. Yeah. All right, we have a uh, All right, everyone's favorite here. MJ weighing in. Unlike WWE, I'm just here to share my profits. I was early regarding the stock. I wasn't wrong. MJ taking a victory lap, I guess. 
on this news. Uh, next one up is from Jake, who sends in the super chat. I don't think the Fox WWE uh, ever reached its full potential. Had supplemental programs on FS1, and when those went away, this seemed inevitable. Um, I wouldn't say that this... Uh, it, certainly, I think when they moved to Fox, there was the thought, well, look at all of this cross-promotion with the NFL, and they did do uh, some crossover, and you know, if you went into this deal, like the number it seemed everyone was floating around was the expectation of doing a 1.0 in the demo each week. They were not doing 1.0s, but I would not say that this was a, a like bad relationship for either side. And you, we saw SmackDown, uh, I think, I think achieve like at very least is an equal in terms of how it's viewed, uh, to, to raw. And for many has become like the a show it consistently wins friday nights and uh you know how much fox obviously fox is was walking away from this like they did not see the need to increase uh the amount that they were uh paying but i think if wwe had been willing uh to stay for something close to what they were paying i think fox would have continued this relationship but I, I certainly don't look at this as a, as a as a fail of five years i think wwe gained a lot from it and fox maybe less so but it was they were able to win most friday nights over these five years yeah so first the hulu rights have been extended to, to september 2024 that was right. news from almost a year ago uh so that's that's expiring the same time the live rights are expiring um and as I want to think about this this notion that SmackDown has had this history of being a B show to Raw's A show. Um, I don't see. I imagine there'll be talk of this in in, in the ether that wow, SmackDown got a disappointing deal, which it did. Uh, that this means SmackDown's going back to a B show. I don't think so. Uh, they're separate deals. SmackDown, when it was a B show, uh, was part of a package that included SmackDown and Raw uh, since 2019. Uh, and really, since the brand split in 2016, it's been treated as as a, a show that is at least closer to the profile of Raw. And I think as long as you have a separate deal for this show, you're going to treat it with the same amount of weight. I don't see it diminishing back to, say, the, the SmackDown of 2015 or 2014 when it was, I don't know, completely missable. And it, and it may be NBC Universal's only WWE property. Yeah. And they are, and you've got the Peacock deal with them as well. Like, I, I completely agree with you. I think that this is a show that is going to be, um, you know, tre- treated in the same light as, as it is now. I mean, SmackDown, I mean, it bounced around all over the place before it finally, um, got moved to, uh, Fox. Like you saw over the years, man, UPN, CW network. My Network TV, they were on sci-fi at, at a period, then to USA. They moved nights of the week. They moved uh, networks and then uh, finally settled. But I think this five-year stretch, it really did uh, solidify the show. And and having the, the split rosters that you could sell SmackDown on its own back in uh, 2018 was a, a huge key to splitting this up uh, as well. But uh, thank you very much for the super chat, uh, Jake. We go to another one here from Ryan. If WWE moves off Monday and nothing goes to Wednesday, does collision to Monday make sense? Oh, my God. What is, what is the wrestling schedule going to look like uh, 18 months from now? This is, uh, I mean, th- there's just so many what ifs that we can't answer uh, at, at this point. But Raw moving to Monday, like, again, I, I if it were to move to a different home, I could certainly see that as opposed to staying at NBC Universal, where I think they would not want to tinker with this this format but you would have to think 
Brandon, that like all options are on the table for Raw and where it goes. I think it likely stays in its three hour format, but nothing can be guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it does move away from, if Raw does move away from Monday, maybe that's something that AEW wants to occupy and, and take on. Maybe the, you know, being on Monday night is better than being on Saturday night. There's problems with being on Saturday night, right? Just the, the the schedule of people's lives. They tend to watch television less on Saturday night than they do on Monday night, although you're going against football in either situation there. Um, so there's challenges in, in, in both scenarios, but maybe it is easier for Monday. But a lot of pieces could, could you know fall in a lot of different ways. Um, does this tell us this, this is a disappointing deal? You know, the stock price is certainly indicating that. Does this indicate anything more broadly about the live sports rights market are we plateauing is the bubble bursting i don't think the bubble is bursting but i think it is um i think it is contracting i think i wouldn't go so far as to say wwe is a casualty of all of this disruption but i if you were to ask me like uh, i think like six to eight months ago like i thought both raw and smackdown were in great positions for significant renewals i felt pretty confident about that but there has been a lot of turmoil uh in in the cable industry over these last couple of of months and i think that uh smackdown somewhat took it on on the chin here i think it's it's an eye-opener it somewhat um i think will give some pause to aew entering its next set of negotiations and what kind of uh leverage they're gonna have and uh mark and uh, shopping their rights uh, around as well. So I think like where, where WWE goes, like AEW will be, I, th- I think feel it e- even harder potentially. Right. And I think, you know, if, if we look at what other deals recently have done, um, I'm just looking at, you know, deals that have been announced, let's say within the last year, a little bit more than that, the big 10 announced a deal in August of last year, and it was a 2.5 X increase more than doubling the deal that they had prior. Um, if I keep looking, you know, in October of last year, the big 12 uh, renewed its deal with Disney and Fox at a 1.7 X increase. So these are bigger increases than WWE is getting. And I think it is sensible to compare these, even though it is, it is football and college football. That is a much bigger deal in culture than wrestling is. Nonetheless, we're looking at this in a proportionate sense and in a sense of like how much did they get an upgrade um by percentage and i think this is a lower deal and in in the in the stock analyst reports you know we saw morgan stanley thinking you know maybe 1.8x is is realistic to think about um at the time i i agreed with that um so this is under what morgan stanley for one had said was its base case of 1.5x this is 1.4 for one of these properties um i think Maybe it indicates a little bit about the gradual plateauing that we're approaching for live sports. Um, that doesn't say anything for AEW. WWE got a disappointing deal. What does this mean for AEW? For AEW. Is this, is this the death knell for AEW? I think that this ultimately will be like, again, the, the big cloud over all this is these NBA rights. And I think once they yeah. sort themselves out, we know then where where uh where warner brothers discovery is like what is is their position what is their involvement with these nba rights and how much wrestling is figured into their programming schedule like if 
you know, wrestling will not dictate what they're, what they're doing with their NBA rights. And I think it's, it's more so when one gets figured out, then it is uh, the, the wrestling that benefits. But I would state that if this, this deal is an indicator, it's that, you know, WWE underperformed in the SmackDown deal. And you would have to think that AEW is in a less advantageous position because how many bidders are going to be at, at the table for uh, potentially, uh, five hours of original programming from AEW, uh, the non-dominant leader in, in, in the space. The difference with AEW is that it's in its first, it's currently in its first long-term deal, right? They had this like three month deal that was at the, the very beginning. And then they got renewed January, 2020 um, for, for at least, at least for dynamite and rampage. We know they were getting out, they're getting about $45 million per year, for Dynamite and for Rampage. I think they're probably up to like 70 now with the inclusion of Collision. But if we think about, let's just think about Dynamite, it's 45 million. Um, that's about half of what Raw is delivering, let's say. It's close to half, right? But they're getting, you know, two, Raw is getting 265, which is what, like five times what Dynamite is getting? So we're talking about, you know, Raw is doing double the viewership of Dynamite, but getting five times the money of Dynamite. Now, maybe it's, it's not just all about viewership, certainly. It's a large piece of his viewership. But you know, you've got a WWE brand, and that, that's a really big deal, and they have this huge global reach, and maybe there's, there's synergy value there too. But still, we're talking twice the viewership, but five times the money. That, that gap has got to get a little bit closer, and it's probably still a big enough gap for AEW to get a good enough deal so that it at least becomes profitable in the next cycle. Yeah, and it's a great point that you raised too in that for AEW to have a win in these negotiations, it's it's a much lower figure to, to reach. Like if they can exceed a hundred million dollars in their next round of negotiations, I classify that as a win for AEW. And you would think like if they're at 70 now and you know, surpassing a hundred million dollars for your your rights, that's an achievable figure, I would say, even in a more fractured marketplace than we were at a year ago. And you would think that that is within reach for AW, but it, it, it's it's going to come down to how much interest there is in the rights, how many competitive offers do you do you have, how what are your options? That's what these negotiations come down to. Does this make Fox a bitter for AW? Maybe. I mean, I don't see I don't see AW going to the Fox Broadcast Network, but there's FS1. It, it's not ridiculous to think about AW on FS1. Um, I don't know if, if they're really that interested in wrestling after this, but it's it's a possibility. They might very well be like, we're interested in wrestling. We're just not interested in it at this high of a price tag. Right. Like you, you we were definitely get it for a lot less. Million, yeah. And AEW, I think they would settle for a lot less than $200 million. And Fox might look at it like, listen, we, we won the night with wrestling. And here's a, if we perceive this as a, as a growth brand, like Fox has to be very, very keenly aware of AEW's performance. It's been part and parcel through this they launched Dynamite the same week as SmackDown launched on Fox. Like they're, they have probably monitored their growth from the very get go. Um, not, not a crazy notion at all. I don't, I don't think there's any, any scenarios that are too far fetched. Yeah, I'm sure they were not unaware why they aired what like an extra half hour of, um, of, of uh, SmackDown on FS1 that one night. Yeah, we're doing this commercial free. Uh, what, what what is this? <laughs> and we uh, the minute by minutes would uh, prove that we we did not win this. What what's going on here? Um, 
we do have uh, just uh, some some quick hits here. Uh, this will be a shorter show. Obviously, we'll, uh, Brandon uh, will be chatting extensively uh, about this as he digests all of this. Uh, Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. Always a must-listen-to show. Uh, we will get the uh, the reactions of Jesse Collings, Chris Gullo. And uh, next week, we will we will likely have a uh, – we're, we're going to try and grab a heavyweight next week. So uh, look yes. out for that on Pollock and Thurston. But also coming out today was WWE confirming uh, earlier reporting that it will be Elimination Chamber that will be staged yes. in Perth, Australia at Optus Stadium on Saturday, February 24th. And for those that uh, I might be breaking news here, Perth is 12 hours ahead of us. So I did ask WWE, will this be airing in the normal North American time slot? Because this is what UFC does is they stay in the normal start time in North America. So this would be an 8 a.m. show on Sunday morning in Perth, Australia. And the response I got from WWE is that Elimination Chamber Perth as it's being uh, tabbed. Elimination Chamber Perth will take place on Saturday, February 24th at Optus Stadium in Perth. Details on broadcast timings will be announced in due course. So that was a kind of a non-answer, but um, <laughs> so, I, I'm interested to see if they, if they cater this to the local market and put it at like, uh, like a, is this Saturday, February 24th in Australia and therefore airing like Saturday morning, our time um and it's 12 hours difference versus u.s eastern he said yes right? yeah, from u.s eastern so for, for it to start any later you you got to start it at nine or ten local time yes yeah, yeah i would wow. think like again the ufc like and they dude ufc they just did their 293 card and they, they filled the place and the the fights were starting there at um like eight in the morning like it was like a a it's a ridiculously early time, but um, conversely, they, East in the East in Japan, when I remember like waking up at like 5 a.m. to watch that or something. That's right. That's right. They they did that one. So interesting to see what the start time is. But I mean, this is uh, certainly a a big site fee that WWE is going to be garnering for this. UFC has yeah. just completed the first of a three event deal that's worth 16 million dollars as a comparison to what um they are getting per event for uh, a ufc pay-per-view and i would imagine uh, wwe you know probably not that level but probably not too far off as well and this press release says in partnership with the western australian government through tourism western australia mentioning that right off the bat to pretty clearly indicates that you know the, the tourism organization of the government in in, in western australia um i'm sure paid a hefty uh sub- subsidy to get this event there which is consistent with reports leading up to this so this would mean that over the next few months we have uh the we have the saudi arabia show which usually saudi arabia I guess, I guess it fluctuates in, in the past. It has been that February show. And I would imagine that this is probably Saudi maybe happens in the, in the spring next year, but you're looking at uh, the Royal rumble in January at Tropicana field that we know is in partnership with uh, local authorities. We have this show now in Perth, Australia, WrestleMania in Philadelphia, which is its own entity. Then your two Saudi shows. So this is, you know, they're, they are moving towards this goal. Like they want all of their shows to be able to uh, attract these, these site fees. And this would be, uh, getting 2024 off to, um, a pretty big start in that regard. Yeah. So like this year, I doubt there was a site fee associated with Montreal, um, elimination chamber could have been two nights, but I, I, I doubt it. Um, Royal rumble in San Antonio, 
there was, they won't disclose what it is. I'm sure for WrestleMania this year in LA, there was, don't know what it is, but there was backlash. Yeah. Um, it would be, be interesting to see what, if they're able to fill out the rest of these. And it, it basically needs to be, I don't know, somewhere not in the continental United States for that to happen. Is this a government-run stadium in Perth? Are we aware of that yet? That's a good question. We'll find we'll out. Looking, we're looking Is that, that up later. Do, they, do we have an Australian version of uh, youshouldknow.com or uh, whatever uh, public disclosure there is? That's, uh, that, that's now on the uh, – the FAQ attached to all of these WWE premium live events. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. So that was, uh, yeah, that uh, quietly uh, was announced uh, this morning, although we knew that announcement would be forthcoming. All right. Any other thoughts, Brandon, uh, just on uh, the, the news this morning and what might you be uh, looking at on, on Sunday? I imagine this will dominate the discussion Sunday morning. Yeah, it, unless something bigger happens, I mean, we'll talk about that. Uh, we talked about Vince McMahon yesterday for Pollock and Thurston, if you haven't listened to that already. Um, and there's a lawsuit, uh, two oh, lawsuits yeah, this... maybe, between Panini, the trading card licensee for WWE, or maybe maybe they are, maybe they're not, depends on who you ask, uh, and WWE also trying to get an injunction to get them to stop uh, selling WWE trading cards. They want to start working with Fanatics, it looks like, so we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that as well. They, they they want a lump sum. They want to not continue. They don't want to end this deal, which has like two years left. I mean, it's uh, more than two years left. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a fairly wild uh, lawsuit that uh, Brandon uh, uh, went, went through the, the notes on. So, yes, Panini and WWE at war. And uh, from j- just from your notes, like it sounded like from Panini, like they're just getting whacked around here. And they're like, hey, we still want to work. We want to finish this deal. It's like, I think this is a pretty uh, broken relationship at, at this point. Yeah, I mean, they they seem to be pretty happy, as you were talking about last night on the on the post dynamite show. They seem to be pretty infatuated with with fanatics and want to work with them going forward. Um, yeah, it, we we only really have one side of the story here. I've I've, I've asked around, and I'm, I'm told that Penny was caught off guard, but I'm not really sure what W's side of the story is here in terms of why there there. I feel there has to be more than just right. It's it's there, a very one sided perspective that we have seen so far. You, you get from Panini's complaint that they're trying to make a claim that there wasn't a good W was trying to make a claim that there wasn't a good faith effort to produce trading cards and digital trading cards, um, and they were trying to get out of the contract based on that provision within their their contract. Um, but mo- more on what their case is and why they think that's justified is, isn't clear to me yet. But maybe we'll learn more. All right. For more, check out uh, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. Brandon will be live Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can also follow along uh, from all the news that is going down at postwrestling.com. So thanks to everyone for their super chats. I'll take one last look here. If uh, yeah, We went through all the super chats. So thank you for uh, sending those in and tuning in live. And thank you for tuning in for a breaking do we have news more? edition. Do you, do you see this one here? I don't know if I can, I can only see it. Did we do this one from... Nick NP? No, we did not get to, to okay. we'll, Nick we'll here. We'll do it so, now. Since the new company ideally wants WWE and UFC on one streamer, not sure if Peacock can afford both pay-per-views past March of 2026. Well, I I do not see UFC. Uh, I, I think they have a really great situation with ESPN Plus uh, at this point. And conversely, I think ESPN Plus has a really great great thing going with ufc pay-per-views there um i don't see ufc moving off of espn plus i think it would take quite a lot uh to move them but i think it is not so much these next set of television rights for wwe and ufc but rather the the streaming deals that 
y- you could look at. Could this be the first time yeah. that they negotiate these together as as a package, as your uh, combat sports pay per view offerings that they kind of have this marketplace to their to their own? And then they've been clear that that's an option that they're going to consider. Um, it may or may not end up with WWE and UFC on the same streaming platform. But the advantage is that at least that's an option. Whether or not they do end up on the, on the same platform, they, they may still be able to, to leverage a better deal because they, they just have this option in their pocket to, to offer. One step towards every WWE fan becoming a UFC fan and every yes. UFC fan becoming a WWE fan, as Lawrence Epstein has uh, theorized, is the goal. Yes, the, we get, we're going to convert Dana White before this is over. Dumbest statement ever said <laughs> from Dana White. All right, everyone. Thanks again. This wraps up our breaking news edition of Pollock and Thurston.